big stories and even bigger guests. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. contradictions. While schools are banning uh, kids playing tag uh, because somebody could get hurt or feelings could be damaged while um, bumper cars are banned because, you know, the same thing and, yeah, can't play, you know, can't, can't go tobogganing because it's too dangerous. Apple in Hamilton. Luke Aiken jumped from 25,000 feet without a parachute yesterday into a 100 foot by 100 foot net. He's a veteran of 18,000 jumps. Mr. Aiken landed the uh, jump flawlessly. He's 42 years of age, his wife and a young child. His feet is admired and uh, not so much admired. One owner of a skydiving company refused to go on air with me saying, Aiken, Aiken's is an idiot who only heard the industry. Well, I don't know. A lot of people talking about skydiving today, and uh, we're going to be talking, we're talking now with um, the president of Parachute School of Toronto, the Parachute School of Toronto, Adam Maybe. Adam, thank you for taking the time. And first of all, what's your view of this jump, this whole idea, 25,000 feet without a parachute? Mm, certainly uh, catches your attention in a hurry, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does. Everybody's talking about this, and, and why not? It's, it. I don't know. The, the word that comes to mind is spectacular, but <laughs> there are other That's words too. Yeah, well, it, it, crazy quickly comes. To I mind. was one of them. Fund, fundamentally, jumping out of a plane, even with a parachute, is kind of crazy too. Well, it is, but it's a, such a thrill for people who've done it. I mean, the people mm-hmm. I talk to who have actually jumped out of a plane, and I mean, this is this is your business. They always talk about, man, it was such a high. I was so I was scared, but when I landed, man, I just couldn't want. To, I wanted to get back on the plane and do it again. That's pretty much a universal sentiment. Yes. How high have you jumped from? Uh, actually, I haven't gone up particularly high. Highest I've ever been up is about fourteen thousand feet. You don't think that's high? Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not particularly no. Get uh, uh, that's the normal ceiling for for most types of recreational jumps, but it's not terribly complicated to get up to the around the twenty thousand foot mark with some extra prep time and extra equipment and whatnot. So, what would have had to have been done to prep? for this jump from 25,000 feet. And from what I understand, the Screen Actors Guild initially said that he had to wear a parachute. He went along with it, but then they changed their minds when he was up at the top, when he was at 25,000 feet, and he was relieved he went without it. What sort of prep would have got to go into this? Uh, a lot. I'm sure I'm sure he spent an awful lot of time preparing for this. What I've heard is that they did a lot of practice jumps you know, testing out the electronic systems he was working with on this and making sure that they had a, a very high degree of confidence that he could hit the net, but while well, he was still wearing a parachute, of course, so checking things out well in advance. Yeah. For, if you're at 14,000 feet 
there's no way you can see anything that's 100 by 100 feet, even if it's lit oh, yeah. up. Is it, can you? Oh, no, no. For, yeah, you can see something that big from 14,000. You, no can, eh? you can. I'm sure you can pick it out from 25,000 as well, as, as long as you know what general area you're looking at for it. Okay, and, and you're moving at what speed? Uh, as as you're, what's what's the maximum speed you hit? As a, a uh, with the orientation he had on this jump, his maximum descent speed would have been around the 200 kilometer an hour mark. Wow, maybe a little higher than that. Well, somebody said it's not the speed that kills; it's the sudden stop. Well, that's absolutely true, isn't it? So this net would have had to have been able to absorb. Um, an immediate a amount of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he but jumped right up, right? He, he jumped right up and ran over to his family. Yeah. Well, it looked like a, it looked like a actually pretty smooth landing in the nets. Nice gradual deceleration. Yeah. I think that would have been it just fine. So, what is uh, what's your business been like today at uh, at the uh, Parachute School of Toronto? Have you had more callers and more interest because of this job? I can't say as the phone has been more active than usual, particularly. There have been a lot of calls, actually, with regard to the weather today because the clouds are uh, not especially cooperative, so we've been chatting with a good number of people about that. But right. there have been conversations among the jumpers around here about this jump, but uh, I haven't had any uh, any first-time callers coming in saying, hey, can I do that thing and jump without a parachute? <laughs> What's well, the con- probably figured out that the quick answer on that would be no. What, what's, what's the consensus among jumpers uh, at your club? What, what are they saying? Uh, entertaining stunt. Yeah. But not wildly practical. Yeah, nobody wants to try it, eh? Nobody wants to emulate. Go 26,000. Uh, no, I'm pretty much pretty much sure the universal sentiment is, okay, good on him for doing that. And that's checked off the list of silly things people can do. And we don't need to do a whole lot more of that. Yeah. So if, if I were to come to the um, Parachute School of Toronto, and I said earlier, I will jump out of a plane any time, day or night, You've heard this before, as long as it's on the ground. Uh, <laughs> if I were, and not moving, if I were to come to the Parachute School of Toronto, uh, what happens between the time I arrive and the time you shove me out of the airplane? Well, for... Because uh, you'd have to shove me. For... Sorry? Because you'd have to shove me. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't exactly be voluntary. Hmm? Not a chance. Yeah, but... <laughs> so what happens? Well, that's certainly a, a common perspective, actually. Uh, for a tandem jump, the, the kind of jump where you're sharing a parachute system with the instructor through the whole ride, the preparation is relatively straightforward. Um, there's a there's a little bit of training and the gearing up, and then off to the plane. Off to the plane, eh? And and, and... the instructor, of course, is well-trained on handling anything unusual that might come up through the jump. So there's not a whole lot that you need to know in advance. So you're just along for the ride. The instructor's doing all the hard work, like making sure the parachute opens. and. and well, actually, the, on, a, on a normal jump, there isn't an awful lot of work even for the instructor, other than making sure that everything is going smoothly, of course. Yeah. So from what height would you jump if it's your first one? Uh, tandem jumps uh, upwards of 10,000 feet, typically. <laughs> Right, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we could do that. Uh, I know you could. I know you could. I know. I know. I know. Did you hear this? The, the scream would shatter windows, my friend. 
I have heard, I've been standing on the ground here before at the landing area, and I have heard people above 5,000 feet screaming while they're plummeting earthwards at 200 kilometers an hour. <laughs> I've written the parachute the... opens up, and then there's the woohoos and all that kind of good stuff. All the good stuff happens, eh? I've uh, I've I've ridden a bobsled on the Olympic track in uh, in Lake Placid. I've done that. That would be scary. Nah, actually, it wasn't. So it's all. Wasn't it, scary? No, it wasn't scary at all. It's kind of fast. Nah, it is fast too. Yeah. I wasn't driving. I was a I was a I was a passenger. I was the second. I was the second one on the sled in the sled of four. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go for that. Letting somebody else have the control sounds a little questionable to me. The guy who was driving had driven in the Olympics. That helps, yes. He'd be qualified then. He scared the hell out of me because when we came out of the last turn, of course you're going down all the time, and then it turns sharply to the right and starts going up. Well, he took his hand, left hand off the control rope, and he waved to the guy in the tower. (laughs) That's about Stand when back I on the wheel, please. That's about the time when I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, how much does it cost uh, the whole experience at uh, at your school? Uh, standard price for first jump is two ninety nine plus tax. Two ninety nine plus tax. The government gets a take on everything. Uh, HST is kind of inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, Adam. Maybe one day I'll call you and uh, and we'll get this done. But don't don't wait for my call. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> nope. Wouldn't advise that. Thank you very much for sharing the time with us. Not at all. It was a pleasure. All the best. Take care. Adam Maybe, president of the Parachute School of Toronto. Okay, we have a few minutes here. What have you done that's uh, wild and crazy? What have you done? I know there are people listening who have... Jumped out of airplanes. Have you done that? Anybody listening done a parachute jump? What's it like? If you jump with an instructor and you're, you're, you're buckled to the instructor, you've got to trust that buckle, right? Otherwise, you'll be doing a no parachute jump from 10,000 feet without the net. Why am I laughing? 888 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Has anybody bungee jumped from a, um, you know, from a bridge or from some scary place? What have you done? Whitewater kayaking? Have you um, gone through the, you know, marched through the wilderness and some part of the world? What have you done that is different than most of us haven't done? That's a bit of an adrenaline rush. I got on the bobsled in Lake Placid. They had what they call the uh, tourist ride. It was from about two-thirds of the way up. And you sit, they sit you down in the second seat, and then they get in. And, man, does that thing take off. That is a scary ride. You go into those big turns, and it goes shoop, up, the, up, this, up the wall. You've seen it on TV, right? It goes blasting up on the wall on the left, and you're looking down, and before you can actually recognize that you're looking down, it's already down there and gone back in the other, up the other side, and it's accelerating at the most incredible feeling speed, and you feel every little undulation in that in that in that track. And all you're praying is, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. I hope he knows what he's doing. And then he took his hand off the steering rope and waved to the guy in the tower, 
That's when the underwear change became necessary. Folks, we'll take your calls at 888-225-82. Anybody else done that run? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. What have you done that's different? Somebody jump a motorcycle over a truck or done an evil Knievel thing? I jumped motorcycles involuntarily, but I did it. <laughs> we'll come back with your calls in a minute. Give me a shout. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So what have you done? What have you done that's an ad- 